When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. Before we get any further, I just want to mention this episode drops on September 9th on a Friday. If you are in Philadelphia or the Philly area, come to my stand-up special taping at the Helium Comedy Club on Saturday, September 10th, 7.30 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I just wanted to get that out of the way, because I'd love for you folks to be there. But now let's get to the meat of what's happening here. I am coming to you with another rerun episode. Kind of some summer lulls here. And, you know, I say that knowing that this episode is not a lull and is worth a revisit. But what I'm saying is it's very hot in Los Angeles, and we're taking a little bit of a break, but you know, I'm here with you right now. So it's not that much of a break. Anyway, if you follow this podcast, you know, we are in the thick of our theme month, Musepten Berkselence. All September long, we will be talking about the musical excellence category. And one of the inductees in this year's class in this category is the band Judas Priest, a band that has been on the ballot three times And they just decided to put them in. They're not getting any younger. So here we are. And we've done an episode on Judas Priest in the past on their second time on the ballot in an episode that was released November 29th, 2019. And it's a good one. Back in the days of recording the podcast in person, we did it with a very knowledgeable metal fan named Bob Nalbandian, who directs uh, the Inside Metal documentaries so great guest for this one i think worth a listen i doubt that you've listened to this one recently and so what better time to do so now that judas priest is finally getting in Uh, and i think you will enjoy it and so give her a listen and you know what i promise very soon we will have new episodes for you guys but there's nothing wrong with little walk down memory lane is there in goa Bob, I want to know uh, about your connection to Judas Priest and kind of what Judas Priest means to you. You know, it's interesting. When I first heard Judas Priest, I think it was through, through a friend, his older brother, and he was really into the progress. This we're talking seventies here. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the progressive rock era, and he was big into progressive rock. You know, and we're talking which like, is like yes, yes. Rush? ELP. No, you not know. Rush. Well, yes, I mean, Rush, Rush, Rush was eventually. Rush, Rush was a little on the heavier side, kind of like Judas Priest was of uh, progressive or, or a band like Budgie. They were kind of on the heavier. But the traditional progressive was, you know, uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, you know, Genesis, yes. Uh, King Crimson. King Crimson. Like Nectar. songs that take, you know, like nine minutes. Songs. And there's a lot of instrumental. Yeah, and you could even say, you know, Kansas, Bebop Deluxe, uh, you know, Sticks, Early Sticks. Uh, that kind of stuff, super tramp, uh, but it was it was more very m- m- more melodic and right. Uh, but Long he had a Judas solos. Priest record, you know. He had okay. Sad Wings of Destiny, and that's like wow, Judas Priest. And then I remember they, uh, I heard when they did the Starwood, and they did a radio interview. Believe it or not, on K Rock when K Rock was kind of doing metal back in okay, they would they, do like they, a early ACDC Bon Scott era. Yeah, they hadn't the found their back. alternative identity. Right, yet. they were very small. Alternative really didn't. They were like a real then. independent no. station back then, mm-hmm. and they had Rob Halford came in on, oh, wow. on the air and was talking about you know it, it was like a whole yeah you know, it was one of those impromptu that the artist comes in the studio they just talk yeah. for like two hours uh-huh. and play music and all this shit i'm like holy shit this band it's and this was this before they really broke in america yeah this was when they just put out the hellbent for leather record so i had known i, I had heard the song exciter, Bent for exciter. Here we go. 
interesting thing about this interview, he was the first person that acknowledged that they were a heavy metal band. Because uh-huh. before that, heavy metal was a term that had very negative connotations. You know, Black Sabbath would never consider themselves metal. Mm-hmm. Motorhead never considered themselves metal. None of these bands were, you know, like uh, uh, Zeppelin hated. You know, the Wait, term a negative metal. why? Because, because um, journalists used up. used the term heavy metal <laughs> as noise. Like these, oh. this band. heavy metal wasn't a brand of music. It was music. like derogatory. It was derogatory. It was oh. like, oh, this is just heavy metal. You know, oh, it was like this, a way to dismiss something. Yeah. Bud. Right. It, this is, yeah. This is a oh. fucking. It yeah. didn't have musical connotations. So b- bands, even if they weren't progressive, because progressive, you know, we, uh, you know, I talked about this on a podcast. Progressive back then was considered forward thinking. You know, you, we want to be a progressive band. That was right. kind of a compliment. And now but it's heavy just metal was like you know? kind of oh, <laughs> they're just kind of noise. You know. Yeah, they're not moving the the needle forward. Right. Yeah, so they're just keeping the needle real high. This na, na, was na, 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 the like... first time I heard a band actually say and embrace the term own it. heavy metal own it we yeah. are heavy because me- i think a caller called in they were taking calls what kind of music do you or do you describe you and he's like we're heavy metal and i'm like yeah right on you know <laughs> being this young you know 11 year old kid or whatever yeah. was, take yeah, the term back right you're on. like here we go that's i did not know that the heavy metal I was like a, a dismissive term my whole life it's been like this kicks ass it's metal yeah. dude yeah. You and know? like it's it's tattooed on my fucking yeah. chest heavy metal heavy loud and metal, proud metal for life you know so for that reason alone this man deserves to be in the rock and roll hall of fame are do, are they british oh yes. very okay british are they part Steel, of the nwo they kind of hm do a wave of british heavy metal i, I like that the way from she the sl- it i learned a lot on the slayer episode that has stayed with me uh-huh. which is yeah, wild you were paying attention uh, but to answer your question uh, priests were prior to that although people so lump F-W-O-B-H-M. them in w yes perhaps people do say they were the kind of the the band that really spawned the new wave of British heavy metal, but priests were actually early seventies. Okay. Started, yeah. And you got, it's later that, that all new wave of British heavy metals generally 79 to 81. All right. Okay. Right. But so, at that point, Judas priest was maybe hitting their commercial peak. Absolutely. So you, you could understand why they would be lumped in with those groups. Yeah. But they kind of set the foundation. You could say for a lot of what those groups ended up uh, doing. So Most you were like, I. this guy, he's on here. He's owning the term heavy metal. I'm a kid and I think this kicks absolute ass. You know, <laughs> I can't believe it. This guy rules and and honestly it rocks. It rules and it rocks. It Absolutely. rules and it rocks. And they played a whole bunch away. of priests. Can I, so I'm just in this moment engaging with the term Judas Priest right now because even just the name Judas Priest that is it's a provocative name it's a metal name it's a metal name it's a provocative name I just thinking about when they were first coming out was that considered was was it a provocative name where people I would think I think when they came out again that was a little before because uh, you know what their first album Rockarola that was a very independent even Sad Wings was independent before they got signed with uh, CBS uh, Columbia. So they really didn't hit bra- big uh, commercially in the U.S. till British Steel came out in 1980, yeah, which was breaking right. the law. And yeah. Oh, but, breaking so- the law. That's them. My dad was very metal. So it, I I'm mean, sure I'm sure that I've had some exposure to uh Judas Priest, you know, oh, whether I like it or not. Yeah, it was <laughs> if, if not, uh, in front of you in the background yeah like definitely i'm sure that i've heard well yeah, that was their the trademark law. metal out i mean hell bent for leather you yeah don't get more metal than that was when he embraced the whole metal not just the term and the sound but the whole look with yeah the leather and the aesthetic with, okay uh, hell bent for leather and that is really he, started is that he whole gay look. yes okay so that's I, the other thing yeah. that's kind of interesting about that turn is kind of before that they dressed kind of like hippies almost yeah. like Rob Halford had very long hair uh, and then at a certain point he starts dressing like a like a leather dominatrix daddy? yeah like yeah. a like a leather daddy which is interesting because he got that from the gay community yeah that's because I'm like the, ter- the hellbent for leather sounds incredibly 
homoerotic to me. Oh, absolutely. You know? Well, that's kind of the ironic thing mm-hmm. about it is it was based off what the, you know, the people you know, on Santa Monica Boulevard and San Francisco, they were dressing, you know, with leather and studs. And that, mm-hmm. and he kind of took that look and made it into a metal look. Yes. Which looked, but it was really, you I'm, know, inspired from a, the, the gay community. And it's such a testament to how much of a metal god he was that mm. he could take something that was o- kind of overtly yeah. gay but he was so fucking metal that he just turned it into being and people were metal. like yeah that's awesome dude yeah, and fully. like and then so many bands aped that look after him and yeah. then it just became a me- it yeah. became wow. a metal look even though he was dressing like one of the village people so music wise <laughs> image wise everything i mean judas priest were really the ultimate metal band i mean you could go back obviously sabbath with the sound and everything but again they never embraced yes. the the metal mm-hmm. turn, whereas the Judas term. Priest is like, hey, we are a heavy metal band. We're going to roll with this. And they kind of stripped the blues. I mean, even, you know, Sabbath, all these other bands really had blues roots. But, you know, Judas Priest was just straight on, balls out, yeah, heavy metal. Yeah, loud. Yeah. I mean, and they are one of the groups that Rob Reiner uh, went to see when he oh, was... Oh, to make Spinal Tap. When he was studying for Spinal Tap, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, bands, uh, they took stuff from Black Sabbath, the Stonehenge yes. thing was based off Sabbath. Uh, I heard they toured with uh, Saxon, one of the guys that uh, worked uh, on the movie, and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff was from Saxon and Uriah Heep. And yeah. So a lot of uh, if you look at, status quo, a lot of bands. you look at Christopher they, Guest, he, kinda, he looks like Bruce Dickinson from yeah. Iron Maiden, from the haircut <laughs> down. Yeah. He does have that, yeah. I you know, look. Me, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you, you're getting into Judas Priest at a young age, and then then that must get exciting because then they get very popular in America. Yeah, it took a well, while. They did the live record after that, which still to this day is one of my favorite live albums, the Unleashed in the East. Uh, amazing album. And they uh, they were still a little bit underground. They weren't getting radio play, and it wasn't until the, the, the year later, 1980, when... Uh, uh, British, British Steel, Steel came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. MTV was just kind of starting to break just after that, you know, uh, came out. So, uh, and I saw them on that tour on the British Steel tour at Long Beach Arena. So, was it your that first point, time seeing were, them? First time seeing them, yeah. How was it? Unbelievable. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen them uh, total? Probably about 20. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, are they they're not around still oh yeah, oh, yeah. they they're are still around still yeah. okay yeah doing their, i just assumed everyone on the ballot tour. is dead so. so uh and they're i mean they're celebrating their 50th yeah. year holy so ni- shit. 1969 was technically when judas priest started but yeah. it's a little complicated because everybody who was in, in that first incarnation of judas priest was gone within a year this dude knows his history <laughs> yeah he does so the research was really kk downing and i believe ian hill they the joined bass player but they were they're not technically founding members but yeah, they yeah. they were there early yeah yeah absolutely and i think uh either kk or, or their uh uh, old singer um, Al Atkins. Is Al his Atkins. Name? There you yeah. go. This guy. Yeah, that that uh, came up with the name. Um, but yeah, wh- you know, until they started recording, which was like '74, uh, I think, is when uh, mm-hmm. the Rock and came out. That was when they established a lineup, obviously with. Where Rob in England Halford, are Clint they from? Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. Yes. Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham. Uh, I, and I, they are I've another. I've been town. there. I, I I did live abroad. Um, I spent in New Year's. <laughs> okay, here we go. Birmingham. So uh, you know, shout uh, out Haley Sharp. Thank you very much for your hospitality that year. And anyway, <laughs> Juice Priest is one of those bands that we, not unlike Def Leppard, where it was like you either are working in the factory or you can escape and follow your dreams. That's it. I mean, that's a Birmingham. Is very much yeah like oh it's a very working class very industrial, industrial town. i mean they come from black sabbath literal sabbath. heavy metal like the <gasps> just like that sound was surrounding them just in the sense of people beating hammers onto fucking metal i mean it was <laughs> that was the metal sound of their metal. youth you know uh but yeah they came out of birmingham not um, unlike black sabbath speaking of coming out like at Haley. what point did uh did he come out was there like a cultural you know, moment or was it just always knew. assumed i mean they made a big thing on mtv about it when he did when he left priest and he did the two project i don't know if you remember two speaking of trent Reznor, he uh, produced uh, uh I, th- I think he produced most of that record but he rob halford kind of went for this industrial sound and mm-hmm. that was during the time 
uh, one was that like, uh, you know, mid nineties, yeah. uh, you know, that was when MTV was, uh, you know, getting all into, you know, mixing different genres and that, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the alternative thing was really kind of big, that industrial thing. And that's when he supposedly came out, but everybody, but everyone knew knew. it was like an open secret, but then there was a moment. They tried to make a big deal about it. I mean, some people, uh, you know, didn't know the main, the mainstream people, you know, probably didn't know. I mean, they could see the thing about a cool thing about that. And, and, you know, this is what I got to say as, as far as, you know, if, if if you're gay or, or whatever you are, that's fine. But you, people that try to publicize that as, as a selling point, in music, as a publicity move. Yeah, as a publicity, I, I just think it's stupid. And that was a cool thing about Halford in the past. Until this, you know, two album came out. I don't know if this was MTV's doing or whatever. They made kind of a big thing about it, but he never, he never came out. I, I mean, because it was nobody's business, right? You know? But also, you know, I mean, that's we can say that. And we can think that, but you don't, we don't know that it was hard, that, that he didn't feel that he had to hide, that he, that he didn't feel he couldn't fully be himself in ways, oh, I you know? I mean, there like, a lot of, I mean, Rob Halford was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and he has said that having to hide his identity fueled a lot of that self-destruction. No doubt. I, I mm. mean, I think that like, yeah, I, I it, no. And it's all—it's extremely meaningful, r- regardless of whether or not it's a, a publicity move or not. But for someone like Rob Halford in a community, the metal community that is, is aggressively straight, macho and say. straight. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny about that though? I think a lot of people really shocked a lot of people. I knew somebody that was involved. They did this thing on MTV when when he came out, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly came out during the two thing. And it was one of those things where they interview people on the street or after Judas Priest show and they talk to him. Hey, are you surprised that Rob Halford has come out that he's gay? And the the person I, I knew, I won't say who, but it was somebody that worked closely with MTV. Mm-hmm. Their camera guy or was, was involved in, in mm-hmm. that. Behind the scenes. That's uh, behind the scenes. And they said they interviewed a ton of people. And most people said, yeah, we I knew about it. So what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. But they wanted to get. But that. they had to get some. Of course, some so of course reactions. there were like a few people. Wow, I didn't know he was gay. Oh, I'm so right. shocked. And they used those. But the majority of people is what I'm saying. In the they try to make mm-hmm. it out like the rock and roll community is like you know homophobic and or the metal community mm-hmm. is all this. But nobody cared. And like I said, most people that were big time priest fans, they knew. They knew. You yeah. know. But they, of course, are going to try to make it out like, oh, my God, you know, this let's make a big shocking. publicity thing about it. Yeah. Shocking. And- but I mean, it, I mean, the 90s, it, I remember it being a big deal for celebrities to be gay. Yeah. It was, oh, absolutely. It was a huge yeah. deal it could, and it, then. It was so huge it could ruin someone's yeah, career. It, it was a dangerous career. It was thing. a really, inter- like, a dangerous time for people. I mean, now I think we have ideally you know moved into a place where that is no longer the case but it is it really depends on what genre you're in you know like it can really in in different genres it can have different effects i think i had read i had seen that the apparently the moment that he came out was kind of an offhand comment in an interview which i thought was very funny where one of the questions they asked rob was like if you could sleep with anyone who would it be? And he said, Howie, Howie Long. Long. Yeah. Who the hell is that? <laughs> Howie Long's football a football player, player who you <laughs> might know from those commercials uh, where he w- was playing Terry Hatcher's husband like for Sprint. What? Here, I'm going to show you his picture and I think you might know <laughs> who I'm talking about. Uh, he he is also like a commentator. He for was football playing too. Terry Hatcher's husband, or yeah, were they no, really married? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this is such a weird. I wonder what Howie Long thought about that. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, I've seen him. He just he's like on Fox all the time. Yeah, he's pretty popular. Fox yeah. Sports. Fox, yeah. <laughs> no, not Fox News. He's not. Yeah, uh, he's commentating on. Uh, you know, Fox Sports. He looks like a commentator, big time. But he's yeah, got... he was a football player, and that was that was that who Rob Alfred said. Kind of his casual way. That's cool. Yeah, and I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Another notoriously. Accepting community football, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> my God, football and heavy metal. I think yeah. that's well. I I think it's cool and good, obviously, to have more people be out and open and good. I, I think that that's really neat, and it gives people an opportunity to show their acceptance and to show that it does not, it you know, have to impact your career negatively. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think that's great. 
Absolutely. Shakes sure. ass. Hell yeah. We're go we're ahead, Rob. <laughs> hey, I'm an ally. Me over here, big time. My God, who knew? Who had any idea that See? Kristen? <laughs> now you're a big Judas Priest. Yep. Fan. Now I'm a huge Judas. Now I'm a Judas Cardinal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I keep God. trying to make that yeah. happen. Just in conversation with Joe, it's and never he gonna happen. So much. It's really never All gonna right. happen. <laughs> he said we got a really big Judas Priest fan coming on, and I said, "Oh, you mean a Judas Cardinal?" And he and I didn't I like it at all. Pulled out my noose. Oh. <laughs> started getting and, it around my neck and i'm glad it's making that to air if yep. this gets cut i will never know because i don't listen to our you show don't. but i will be sad well bob one of the things that makes the rock and roll hall of fame uh i think fodder for conversation and discussion and argument and might you might even say it makes it a little bit of a sham is that how do you how can anyone be objective about music well that's you know? my point exactly and that's why i say when you call it an institution if you look at the Hall of Fames, mm-hmm. the sports Hall of Fames, football, yes. basketball, baseball, whatever, it's based on merit, how, how well the athlete performs. And it's based you can, on stats. You'll get numbers. Exactly. You know, okay. You know, baseball, you know, RBIs, home runs, you know, errors, whatever. There's stats yes. for that. You can football, chart it. Fumbles. You yeah. know, what I, you, you, you know the stats of each person, the touchdowns, the touchdown throws, interceptions, whatever. There's Same so many metrics basketball. to measure greatness. There, that's it. There's a measuring point. And with, they're objective. Absolutely. And 100% objective, yeah. And with this Hall of Fame, for one, how in the hell has Rolling Stone become the godfathers of rock and roll, the judge mm-hmm. and jury of rock and roll? And if you look at the history of Rolling Stone, I mean... All the greatest classic rock band from Zeppelin to, you know, uh, to Sabbath to whatever. They just bla- they just completely hated mm-hmm. in the beginning. AC- this is a magazine that rewrote ACDC reviews. Mm-hmm. You probably heard about that. Some of the stuff they did. Revisionist They're, history? Yeah, yes. Wait, what? They're changing history. They, and so these... They- these are the people ACDC? telling you what rock and roll is. My yeah. that's, that's my point. It's like, who are, and they will just, I see, now you got me going got off. Got you fired Joe. up. You got me He's fired up, up about this. Here it He's comes. It's coming out. The, the point is when um, recently, like Motorhead, mm-hmm. uh, they're nominated. They nominated the three uh, original the main classic guys, lineup, classic, the yeah. classic lineup, which which I agree is the classic lineup. Absolutely, Lemmy and Filthy Animal, Taylor, Fast and Fast Eddie, Eddie Clark. Now the other two guys, uh, 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 Phil, Phil Campbell, Campbell and, and Mickey, Mickey D, D, have been in there for twenty years. Now who is to say they say they they're not they can't be nominated? They're they're not nominated they're, they've been in the band 20 years in Motorhead. yet the bass player from Soundgarden the original bass player was in the band for maybe a year year and a half well, he gets voted in but what there's no there, my point is there's yes, no, no, no. Uh, it's, it's, it, yeah it, there's no it rhyme or reason for subjective. some of these decisions yeah. yeah you know Hiro Yamamoto was there in the beginning and was on a few releases well he did but a couple the, independent records with nobody time, knew and loud love by the time they became what they are and, and a famous band Hero had been gone and yes they originally did not include uh, Phil Campbell and Mickey D although they did reverse well because but they won't admit why because they got a huge huge backlash and then all of a sudden oh yeah they're what they're, are they're they saying are there re- I think they, I, they, they, they don't give a reason that's the point they don't give a they, reason but, but by putting them in they're admitting it they're like admitting by putting it. them on the list and that is a good thing it. and also they should put Wurzel in there as well because he was a, a big part of Motorhead but now, here's Joe, my here's my what point what about Brian Robertson then I mean who's to say who put gets in or in. not if, if you're right no band, that's it's difficult you I have mean, to Brian make, Robertson changed the sound of Motorhead I mean he was a he was there for an part. for an album although yeah, the guys in Motorhead would say that he was a connective tissue from one thing to the next almost as like a substitute you know you get a band in now Joe has yeah, here, here's my point, to though. So it's difficult to be objective. How can you even do that? So what I've done, because I'm a nerd, I've come up with a list of categories that I think if you do well in these categories, then you have a decent shot at induction. So we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to see how Judas Priest stacks up. We'll be right back. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you realize that maybe you're wearing something that you wore <laughs> recently, and uh, at first you're like, that's not good, but then you're like, you know what? I like wearing this, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And that's okay. Repeat your wardrobe as much as you want. Live the life you want to lead. That's what... That's just my personal that's, motto. You look good in red, that's Chris. That's Joe. My that's Joe's personal, personal motto. motto. I personally hope that over the break you finished that burrito. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Judas Priest. Eligible since the 2000 induction ceremony. We're nominated in 2018 and are nominated again for 2020. So this is their second time on the ballot. Uh, they have no hall connections that I know of. I don't think they've ever shown up to... An induction ceremony. They are British, so you know. Corridor found most British artists uh, don't fully give a shit about the Hall of Fame. It's a different thing. They shouldn't. It's an American. It's, it's an American <laughs> institution for I sure. I like this. I'm here for this. I'm here for, <laughs> for this attitude. It's very good. Uh, but they have been, you know, unlike a lot of artists, they've been pretty cool when people have asked them about it in interviews. I think mm-hmm. Rob Halford has said, you know, we may not get in now, but we'll probably get in eventually, and that's great, which is the right attitude, yeah. I think. Well, that's what uh, they say. I think a lot of these bands, eventually they're going to get in, yeah. but it's like, it's took it took how many years before deep purple got in oh yeah the godfathers of hard rock long time and And even sabbath they were on like 10 ballots or something crazy really yeah oh wasn't that long i would have thought sabbath was a gimme but that once again might just be my father's influence on my life and no uh, fully like if sabbath was becoming eligible now they would waltz right in yeah no Mm. it it took sabbath many many ballots they kept being on the ballot and then they did not well i think in. in the beginning they were very Anti hard rock and yes. metal. I mean, very much so. And they just really, and it really showed. And it, it's mm-hmm. the snobbiness of again of you know, I, I don't want to go on a second round. Yeah, sure. It, but, <laughs> but you of could, the I mean, Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, you look at the history of their magazine, and they were always anti hard rock and metal. Mm-hmm. And you know, and to this day, you know, it reflects on the Hall of Fame. Although but, in the know, last few years, it really has turned. Uh, it's made well, a turn again, they've got no that. other. Who else do they have to choose from that's well, been around 25 years? I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. Craftwork. Yeah. I mean, what kind of an impact has Craftwork made? Whoa, okay, whoa, technically. Whoa. All right. He's over here saying someday they're going to have I to mean, put EDM uh, in, and it's here's, like, yeah, well, Craftwork. That's what I'm saying. You know? I will, I'll be on record as saying I think Craftwork might be the most influential group that's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know what? I guess they did start the whole techno thing. Yeah. Electronic yeah. music it, but then all again, goes back to Craftwork. They were influential in Germany, in the States, what they had one hit, maybe Even one. If you MTV don't hit. like what they, Who, did, I mean, they how did many people big. know how much of an influence have they made on the States? How many people? Ooh, I mean, I think if you're if you do electronic, I mean, over Scorpions, if you, I mean, come on, if you, Scorpions, if you do electronic what music, what a wild one to be like Scorpions over. Well, they're they're German. I'm saying if you're going to talk German bands. And we do and, love to talk German bands <laughs> here. I just—that is a—that's a big swing there, my man. Anyway, let's get into these categories, okay? 
First up, we have critical acclaim, which we've covered a little bit so far. The critics have not always been kind to heavy metal. I wanted to say this about heavy metal, how you were saying, you know, Rolling Stone is like they're anti-heavy metal and stuff. May I say, though, in some ways, and who's to say chicken or egg about it, but it has also helped heavy metal thrive as an identity, as like an alternative. That's my point. Exactly. Like, yeah, they they don't want us. The mainstream press doesn't like us, and that makes people feel. And and let me make a point. I I don't. I'm not upset at all with Rolling Stone or them for doing the Hall of Fame. Hey. They got the trademark or whatever it is to have mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to do the rock. Let them, it's their organization, but dude, I'm pissed off at all the people that are so pissed off complaining about it, about heavy metal not being in. Don't acknowledge it. That's mm-hmm. my point. That's why I usually, I mean, here I am on your podcast, so obviously yeah. acknowledging uh-huh. it. But Whoops. How, how, how can I turn down Joe's <laughs> podcast? Come on. True. But I'm, I'm making the point, and I'm not just going to bitch and complain. Oh, heavy metal, not heavy metal. I'm giving the reasons why, and I'm telling you why this is a sham. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to for people to understand why there's a difference between sports hall of fames and this so-called rock and roll mm-hmm. hall of fame where you got this one company, a magazine who is judge and jury on what is rock and roll. And again, there's no rule book. There's no guideline. It's whatever they decide to do. And mm-hmm. they'll try to make it like there's a guideline. Oh, well, they had to be on a record. You know, always after something comes out, they'll try to justify it. Yeah. Well, it's because they weren't on the... Well, it's and because really, this, this, maybe this. more frustrating well, is that the Hall generally does not say at all. Absolutely. Yeah. They never give a rhyme or th- reason about no it. There's no criteria for induction. It's their opinion. And, you know, there's uh, it's a little bit democratic because there are, you know, there's a nominating committee and they they have to all agree on the ballot. And then there's a voting committee and they all vote for the ones they want on the ballot. So there is an illusion of democracy. And there is, I mean, that's technically democracy, but then you have to get into who's voting, right? It's not, these aren't open elections, you know. There is a vote online, you but know, that Use only your illusion comprises... of Chinese democracy. Thank you. <laughs> I right. can't be stopped. So uh, Judas Priest is not an artist uh, that I would say has a great amount of critical acclaim i wouldn't say that they're critical darlings but i would say in a sense a a revisionist sense if you are to talk about that genre and rolling stone has done lists about heavy metal judas priest is always towards the top you know their records are always if they get in if when they get in they're gonna go back and pull an acdc and just revise (laughs) all their reviews and be like we love them from the start she knows I didn't know that about the ACDC thing, that they went back and they were like, you know what? We love Highway to Hell. Exactly. One thing they do, Rolling Stone does do, is they'll put out like album guides and stuff, and then they will kind of have new reviews. Those are guys. I will say the new reviews that they have and the online stuff, uh, I'm not ragging on the journalists. Of course, they're going to get good journalists now Mm -hmm. uh, to do stuff. But, you know, you go back to the history of Rolling Stone when it started. Oh, yeah. uh, In San Francisco, Lester Bangs, all that, when uh, they were, I mean, they were very. They were sending 13-year-old kids out on the road. Yeah. (laughs) With still water. Yeah. And they were nerdy guys then. It was just until whatever was, you know. Absolutely. It hasn't changed. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, Let's go to the next category, which is classic albums. And we've talked a little bit about British Steel, I think, is probably the definitive classic album. Oh, my gosh. And they're from like a steel town. And Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense now. I'm understanding some of these things. I'm telling you, she's becoming a hardcore Judas Priest fan. Cardinal. By the minute. Cardinal. 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 Uh, (laughs) And when that when that album came out, the price of it was pretty low. So it was also a British Steel. Oh, I like that. You know, I love wordplay. All right. Judas, now, <laughs> I've got back. All right. Now, I mean, we I don't think we've done an episode where we've talked about Rolling Stone as a magazine this much before we get to this <laughs> question. Wild. But I mean, do you guys think that Judas Priest has an album on Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums list? If they do, it would be British Steel, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Either that or if I'd they, say Screaming for Vengeance, which was If they do, I think it would be British Steel. And if it is on there, it is in like, it's like 458. 
Why don't you, why don't you guys tell me yes or no? Give me your definitive. <sighs> do you think there's a Judas Priest list on well, the 500 greatest albums for Rolling Stone? Yeah, I do. I think I, I would agree with her. It's probably in the 400. I think I think category. I think British Steel is on there. Oh okay. gosh, I could be wrong though. Oh god. After all know. this, after all that Bob has said, no, of course they're not. They're on the not. List. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I thought they might have snuck yeah. in at the I end. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, that's think. what I, I thought they might have. You know, been like, because I bet ACDC has an album on it. If two. Yeah. yeah. See, there you go. But they were rewritten. Yeah, exactly. That's that's <laughs> okay. in the 2012 version, not the 2005 Yeah, they had to rewrite the list or whatever. Uh, of course, but no, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. I was giving them the not. benefit of yeah, the doubt. Right? No, you, you should have followed your heart. I should have. Uh, all right, let's talk about iconic, recognizable songs. Oh. Which uh, so we've got Highway to Hell. We got are TNT. We, are we talking <laughs> ACDC? Or? Yeah. All right. So I would say if you are just a casual music listener, person who listens to rock radio, you know. Three Judas Priest songs. Breaking the law. 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 Living after midnight is also from British Steel. Living after midnight, rocking to the dawn, loving till the morning, and I'm gone. The third song that you might know, you probably know, maybe their biggest hit in America, You Got Another Thing Coming. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, then there, there's like kind of a drop down in terms of like what you'll hear on the radio, what you might hear just wherever. I do think Hell Bent for Leather is That's like an important song for them because it explains what they are, yeah. you know, even what they look like. Hell Bent, Hell Bent for Leather. Hell Bent, Hell Bent for Leather. A lot of Judas Priest songs, the trademark is Rob Halford's operatic range. Yeah. yeah. Is that he can he can growl really low and then hit falsetto highs. Which is a, a, a style of singing that a lot of people after him in that genre. Yeah, aped. that's like the yeah. kind of ultimate metal mm-hmm. singer is what you're looking for is someone who can do all of that. And he's kind of the guy who set that template. Absolutely. You know, kind of along with Dio. Uh, and, and, and some you could others, say but... Freddie Mercury too, as well, or the operatic. Yeah, but... and it's like Halford... with the leather daddy vibe. Yeah, yeah. and I, that's go. Rob Halford's hero, and he kind yeah. of took the Freddie Mercury thing and and made it metal, fucking metal. Yeah, I would say if if we're thinking of other kind of classic, important Judas Priest songs, maybe I'd throw in Electric Eye. I think that's kind of it when it comes to songs that everyone would know for, by Judas Priest. Yeah, they didn't have a, a ton of hit songs. They but were that in a radio is a lot band. More, I mean, it it also is because of my life experience that I am familiar with them. But like, that's a that's a fair. It's amount a good showing of, for this genre. Usually, yeah. when we talk about metal bands, yeah, it's like, I'm like Slayer. I can name zero songs. Mm-hmm. Motorhead, Still. you can name one. Like, yeah. yeah, what was the Motorhead? Ace song? of Spades. Ace of Spades. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we just did that one a few weeks ago. I have no idea. Uh, the the next category though is one that's a, a great one for Judas Priest, which is commercial success. They had a run of albums that were, I mean, they've sold probably 50 million albums worldwide. I would say at least. Extremely popular. And from Sin After Sin, which is 1977, through 1990, every one of their albums was at least gold, and several of them went platinum in the United States. And this is, it's almost a dozen albums. Wow. That went gold or platinum. In America, good for them. And you said they're, they're still very touring. Yeah, yeah, they're still going. They're in their seventies. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not old. all uh, like uh, Glenn Tipton isn't able to tour. He's got Parkinson's. As of very recently, it's really he's had just to shame. the. Uh, if you want to talk original guys, I mean, well, the, the main lineup is really Rob Halford and Ian Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, they got another second guitar player. They've know, got a new drummer, it. I'm sure, right? Well, <laughs> same drummer since 1990. Yeah, he's Dang. been with him for like he's 30 years. But they still call him a new, the new guy. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, the the main because KK Downing and Glenn Tipton were like the the dual guitar attack. They were along with Thin Lizzy, like one of the groups that kind of defined yeah. heavy metal being two guitars, you know, playing at once. And mm. Rob Halford is out there strutting. He's not, oh, yeah. playing, He's not playing anything. He's not playing anything. He is He's vamping and. He is- He's strutting. Being he's... carried into the sky. Like, they would do a and lot giant of, cape. Uh, like, crazy stage uh, production. But they don't have, like, an Eddie. They don't have, like, a... No, <laughs> no they don't have a mascot. <laughs> but they always put on a great live show. And the, uh, that's the other thing, is consistency as a live band. I don't think you've got a more consistent live band that have done well arena-wise. I mean, they never... I mean, there was a time when they had Ripper Owens in the band when Rob Halford left where mm-hmm. they were doing, like, the, the House of Blues and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, which that's a... Which uh, is a couple years That's an stuff. interesting story. The the movie Rockstar is uh, lightly based on mm-hmm. that story, the Mark Wahlberg movie. I'm like, what movie? What? So, I'm like, I do not is, know what Rockstar is. The Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston... N-O. movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty forgettable movie. <laughs> Lame but movie. Rob Halford left Judas Priest... And they wanted to, to come out and do an album. We with, wanted to go uh, solo, basically. Yeah, when we're talking about the band yeah. too, with uh, with uh, Trent Reznor. Yeah. So he left, but the band wanted to continue, and they were like, "How are we going to do this?" And they found out about this tribute band, mm-hmm. and this this dude from Akron, Ohio, who could sing exactly like Rob Halford. This is like fucking Journey. A little bit. Well, Journey take after that. A yeah, lot. but now, this was now way before. Wow. I yeah. mean, Foreigner with Kelly Hansen. All these bands are getting replica singers, but Judas Priest were kind of the first band. That yeah, really they started that. it. This was pre YouTube too, yes. so they were. Yeah. And they just found they found this dude, American Judas Priest mega yeah. fan, and then Judas Priest cover band. Yeah, he was in. He was in. I think what, the band what? was called British Steel. Oh, yeah, that, okay. I was like, that's. I'm like, yeah. what was their name? <laughs> and and <laughs> then he joined the band and then recorded new music with them for Whoa. two albums. Yeah. Uh, but then, as soon as Rob was like, "I want to come back," they were like. Right, bye. bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which, if you're a fan, it's so, it must be so difficult because you're like a dream you never thought you could achieve. You're a huge fan of this band. You become their lead singer. But then another dream of yours is for your band to reunite, yeah. <laughs> which means you have to leave. Well, I think a lot of guys think they could go solo and be. I mean, Bruce Dickinson did the same thing when he left Iron Maiden and did like you know two or three solo records and he ended up coming back you know yeah. like hey this ain't working for us and Maine's kind of like well this isn't working for us either with blaze bailey and i think how you know priest said the same and 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 no disrespect to ripper owens he's a great singer but those albums just were not His nearly as good name especially is Demolition ripper owens well, well ripper is an is a nickname based on a judas, judas priest song. song this guy is a fan ripper ah. so he went the ripper. ripper tim owens tim ripper tim. owens ripper ripper ripper, ripper. That's, that's like a, such a song that's such a fucking cool it's about jack <laughs> the yeah. ripper, ripper. <laughs> it is worth noting is that there was a long and exhausting trial after two kids had a suicide pact and then their families sued judas priest yeah. claiming Do that they have a song called suicide pact no okay it, well, they, and Do they, they have a song that says get together with your friend no it's one of those backward it? masking uh so they they I'll knew the, I was reading that the the <laughs> plaintiff uh, knew that under freedom of speech freedom of expression they couldn't uh, have a case based on the lyrics but what they had to look for was subliminal messaging and that in one of their songs they found that it, the voice was going do it do it and that was the the foundation for I the mean case. that could be anything Truly. though it or was it doesn't even y- do you it yeah <laughs> nike could get sued i'm just like i don't what is the <laughs> i know i, I think it was absolutely ridiculous but that's how stupid you know this is during the whole pmrc or it's probably been just prior to the pmrc but this was how seriously i mean it's funny because you listen to lyrics now especially you know within you know a rap and hip-hop you know the stuff that said now and but the stuff that was said back in the 80s they took so literally and so seriously it was it was a joke and it was from a song that was a cover yeah it It wasn't even better better by you better than me which was uh from the english rock band spooky tooth yeah excuse me spooky Spooky tooth spooky tooth oh i didn't know i'm i'm actually i just looked this up right now it was composed by gary wright who you might know he was in spooky tooth i think 
Yeah. I believe yeah, you can it's, be it's a spooky right. tooth. Yeah, that's a funny thing. It was a cover song. It wasn't even their own song. Right. Spooky tooth. That is not a real. Oh, spooky tooth. Yeah. That's such a good. That's such a silly, 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 <laughs> silly name. I love it with my heart and soul. The idea that yes. Judas Priest spooky would cover. Tooth. Like spooky tooth is the name of I mean, a pumpkin. Spooky tooth. <laughs> that's a jack o' lantern. Spooky tooth is definitely a jack o' lantern, or it's like they one did of quite those. A- Silly cool covers. Ghosts. They did Green Man Alishi, which was a Fleetwood Mac which cover. Er, early Peter Green Blues era yeah. Fleetwood Mac. They did a Joan Baez cover, Diamonds, Diamonds and Rust. And Rust. A little ghost with a single tooth. Mm-hmm. Hi there. Hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> my name's Spooky Tooth. Spooky Tooth. You want to be my friend? Oh my gosh. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, th- I mean, as you can imagine. Wait, so it was that, was it saying do it when you play it backwards no, or just it was, underneath? It was, it was forward. Yeah, it was forwards, was just very like. But you can't hear it. Very, just like, very clearly not yeah. being said. It's one of the things you have to listen for. And they and you're were like, just are they? saying do it. They weren't saying anything else. Do they it. Kill saying, your friend. Kill right. Yeah. yeah. No. Go <laughs> join us. It was stupid. That's the kind of things that they that did back insane. then. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. It. I mean, ACDC got when right? the whole Night Prowler thing, uh, the Night Stalker, they tried, you know, they, they caught the guy who was wearing an ACDC hat. So they're saying the song Night Prowler was based on the Night Stalker, and that's where he got, because he cited yeah. those lyrics. And they tried to blame ACDC for the, you know. The, you know, uh, and a lot of killers have worn jeans. And I'm just like, yeah, we exactly. need to be suing Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> that's how stupid it is. Um, yeah, so obviously it was, they, Judas Priest won. Yeah, They're, I'm like, obviously. It was a right, long, but it was a long uh, trial. Trial, yeah, that was, and it got a lot of training. the media attention. Yeah. Cost them a lot of money. They did a movie, a documentary. Were there other? Because that was a lot of metal bands were getting sued at this time, right? That was part of the Satanic Panic, or was oh it yeah, just, yeah, were there? Yeah. There were hearings in Congress, right? Well, Ozzy got several, you know. Right, from, I know you're. Because t- I, I, I there's that thing where D. Snyder and yeah, Frank Zappa, PMRC. yeah, that was the Tipper Gore shit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this was the era of music makes you do bad things. So wild, (laughs) and that the a court uh, judge a jury had to be like, no, not we don't think so. Yeah, Uh, let's go to the next category, which is, and we've touched on it because it's impressive longevity. Longevity. Mm. Yeah, they're still out there. I can't believe that. Fifty years, fifty year tour. You're right. I mean, they they formed in '69. First album was '74. Really started to hit their stride in the late '70s, and then were making huge albums pretty much up until Painkiller '1990 was their last gold album in the U.S. But they they still tour and they're still uh, making it happen. They they've had a long career and can still kick ass. That's cool. Yeah. And they'll still play, you know, sold out arenas. What know? stand-up comedian is opening for them now? <laughs> <laughs> so. It's got to be Jim Brewer. So next category is innovation influence. They set the template for uh, a lot of the 80s heavy metal heavy and metal. for what the new wave of British heavy metal was, whether it's Rob Halford's uh, operatic range or K.K. Downing and Glenn Tipton's dual guitar attack, or even, you know, going to the kind of double bass drum style was also kind of a hallmark of heavy metal. I think they were very... They're important. They seem to to be quite important. You talk to any heavy metal band, and Judas is Well, like I said, they embraced the term heavy metal, the first band to actually embrace Mm -hmm. that term as we are a heavy metal band. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think hugely influential. Now, the last category... Maybe the most important category. Mm-hmm. Does my mom know who they are? I don't even have to text. My mom definitely knows who they are. <laughs> I yeah. My mom said yes as well. She knows. Yeah. And that that kind of speaks to cultural saturation, right? Okay, you can say all these things about a band, they're great, they do this, they're influential, but 
if you look, if you tend to look at who gets inducted, it's usually bands that are big enough that they make it to everybody. Yeah. Right. Like the MC5 does not have this category unlock. Right. That's like, probably true. Craftwork does, craft yeah. does not have this category unlock. But Judas Priest, Judas I would Priest say, definitely does. Absolutely. Yeah, Did does. one of Beavis or Butthead wear a Judas Priest shirt? Yeah. Uh, no, ACDC AC Metallica. Metallica. AC yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I bet sometimes they went out in a hat that said Judas. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I I'm I not signing off so. on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think I mean Stewart Judas wore Priest. a winger shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for. Winger. <laughs> it's time for the verdict. Should Judas Priest get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they? If so, when? And will it be this year? We'll start with Kristen. Okay. They should. They absolutely are going to. It really could be this year. To me, they are the most um, likely of the, of the heavy bands because of the... Of, how popular they like how known they are like i think many people have heard of thin lizzy but i think more people have heard of judas priest you know for example <laughs> like i think same with even motorhead i oh, just yeah. think judas priest is it's also one of those bands that a lot of people say wait they're not in too yeah you know i i think they could get in this year i think if they didn't have to split lanes with all the other heavy bands i think if everyone just consolidated their the hard rock vote behind judas priest this could be their year so i think it could happen this year wow really good opinion informed pretty good job (laughs) all right bob what do you think (laughs) well definitely i mean they absolutely should get in whether it be this year i hope so i mean uh, you know for their own for the sake of their fans and for the Mm -hmm. band uh, I don't know if it'll be this year also, or next they're not year. dead yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many bands I, I on here that... I think they will get this year because I think they are on their last... Uh, that's kind of the gimmick that Rolling Stone likes to do is give it to... You know, like they, they gave it to Deep Purple after John Lord passed away. They mm-hmm. they did, you know, they'll wait till the very end. And I think this is kind of the end of Judas Priest. This is, you know, basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, there's two uh, uh, mainstay guys that are still on the band. Um I hope they get it this year. You know, like I said, for the you know for the sake of the fans and for the sake of the band. I'm mean, of course the bands. You know, it's it's a big thing for them to be in the Hall of Fame, obviously, without a doubt. And that's kind of at the end of the day why yeah. it's ultimately important is that it it is meaningful. You see it even on the bands that are the most skeptical mm-hmm. when they get inducted. You can see that it means a lot to them, and it's a lifetime achievement award. Yeah, from and it puts them in a category with their heroes yeah you know i think a lot of them say our fans we're doing it for our fans right because a lot of the fans are very you know they're the ones complaining they're the ones bitching on all the news sites Mm -hmm. the the ones voting too how are they doing in the online they're in the top five yeah yeah are they number five i think so yeah okay what do I think the top five is? Pat Benatar, Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Matthews. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. What what else? Motorhead? Um, Motorhead? No, no. no. Um, uh, Who else? Doobies. Doobies. And Priest. Priest and then a a later. Oh, Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Yeah. That's the current top five. And uh, unlikely to change. Yeah. I mean, they might all be moving around in position, but the top five seems pretty solidified. I think so. Yeah. Who's in first right now? Dave by a quite a margin. Really? Good because God. they're they're they have a very active Well, they're fan Rolling base. Stone darlings too. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What it is is it's they are actively getting their fan base, which is a rabid fan base to yeah. vote every day yeah, multiple yeah. times a day. That's really what it comes I heard down that to. that P Diddy tweeted about um Biggie. voting for Biggie, but he didn't he include a to put link. the link. <laughs> it's like, yeah. come on, dude. Whoops. All right, here's my verdict. He's not here to advocate for himself. Here's voter die. Here's my <laughs> <laughs> Here's my verdict. Uh I think Judas Priest absolutely should uh a band that's been around for so long, we're so influential, especially like, I feel like if you really want to induct more heavy metal artists, it has to start with Priest. Like, it, you can't, anyone else you would consider Priest just makes sense to come first. If you want to break down that door. Now, I do think there's going to be vote splitting. I think there are going to be people who Judas Priest appeals to them, but also so does Motorhead. Mm-hmm. And then so does Thin Lizzy. And then even Soundgarden and T Rex. Nine Inch Nails. And Nine Inch, I just think it's a it's such a heavy yeah. rock that is true. ballot that I don't think it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna I think all the bands that are in that category 
it's going to be a tough They're road for them for this year. Them all, and it's going to clear the way for my dream ballot to come <laughs> I true. Mean, maybe, <laughs> but uh, so I don't. I could. I don't think it, my prediction is not, it's not going to happen this year, but I do think it's going to happen very soon. I think maybe it'll happen in the next five years. Maybe next year they will try to clear the lane a little bit the way they do with other artists. Who do you think of the heavy bands is going to get the most support? What do you think is going to happen? I think I weirdly think Soundgarden has a good shot just yeah. because uh, the Chris Cornell sympathy because yeah, it's Rolling Stone and I mean it's the combination it's yeah. so you, it's a it's like a Venn diagram of you get the heavy but then you also get the the grunge uh, critical acclaim mm-hmm. I don't know I think there are there are possibility but I don't think it's going to be a very hard class. I think the class is going to end up being not as hard as you would think. Get my Whitney. So let's say Judas Priest gets inducted this year, though. We know which band members they've included uh, on the official list, and I would assume you would uh, agree with this. Obviously, it's the ones you would expect. Rob Halford, K.K. Downing, Glenn Tipton, Ian Hill, uh, Dave Holland, uh, who has passed away. But they also included Scott Travis, the current drummer, and they also included Les Binks, who was on a few albums uh, right before they broke. They did that right, yeah. I think there's no other argument for anybody else you would put in there. All the other drummers were maybe there for one album. Simon Phillips was kind of a session player. He did Sin After Sin. But Les Binks, I'm I'm surprised. I'm glad they Yeah, that was a a good move on the Hall's part. Absolutely. Now... Here's a question. Who gives the speech to induct Judas Priest at the ceremony? Hmm. I would think the dudes, any of the dudes from Metallica. Metallica yeah. guys is what I would say. They did, well, they did Deep Purple. They did yeah. a couple bands. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sa- those dudes yeah. show up. I mean, yeah, they, they played at the, when Black Sabbath was inducted. Right, right. Uh, Lars inducted Deep Purple. So uh, you would think they'd want to kind of do a change up a bit. But except the Deep Purple. I mean, Deep Purple was four years, years ago. It's been years, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think Tom Morello would make sense. He's a metal oh, guy. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I mean, anyone who it's just the question is like who is famous enough and also a metal person, right? Yeah, and you hip know. enough to the Rolling Stone crowd, right? Wow, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's all about. I hey, like it. it's also just hilarious it or not, to me to think of Rolling Stone being hip at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, maybe a. I'm trying to think. Like, is Scott Ian? Enough, probably. He's probably from not. Anthrax. Yeah. He's, He's the guy, guy with, with the, with the, the, the goatee beard. The, yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it always feels, I mean, it feels like we say this every time, but like Dave Grohl could probably give a speech for anybody who's inducted. Yeah. Grohl is kind of, he's the pinch inductor. You can mm-hmm. really get him I in there. I see him for Motorhead maybe. But yeah. I, he of seems course, he's more a, of a thin he, Again, he's guy. a yeah. Rolling Stone darling, so they'll get him in any chance they yeah, can. Yeah. He, he's. Yeah. Well, he's on the nominating committee. Oh, well, yeah, and he's, so is Tom Morello. Yes, right. And so. I think Morello would be a good one. I think that would be kind of a pretty cool choice for them to make if mm-hmm. Priest got into to have Morello do it would be good. I, I think. think so too. I think he'd do a good job too. I think the Metallica guys are a little expected. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that it would kind of be a cool thing if it was. Yeah, or I don't know, Henry Rollins maybe. I'm just trying to think of. Is he a big Priest fan? Uh, yeah, he is. is he? He was. I was watching a little little documentary about them, and he showed up. I was like, oh, "That's interesting." And yeah, you could, you could and also... he's such a. Per- I mean, not a person. He is someone who's just. He's more famous than he is known for. Than I can his see him on Thin known, Lizzy because you know, I know he's been that's pretty true. outspoken about Thin Lizzy. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is there's a lot of overlap of like it seems like anyone Again, who this could is the heavy bands because Metallica Metallica Clearing could induct for Whitney. Thin Lizzy. They could induct sure. Motorhead. They could induct yeah. uh, Judas. I guess yeah. It, it it feels like a lot of overlap. I think like you said, I, if if any band out of those out of the hard rock bands get nominated or get. Uh, inducted this year i think it'd be judas priest mm-hmm. over over motorhead or thin lizzie uh since it's their second time and uh, yeah you know i think and and they they're that advantage and they they are the more known band more known more, more formative more, yeah. for the genre that's i just think if they if if there was just some sort of campaign if people would coordinate their votes you know yeah. they could they could pick one or two to just throw all their weight behind that then you could have two hard rock bands get in this year, but if it's going to be all over the place, yeah, yeah you're going to wind up with Soundgarden. <laughs> but you know, think of it: if this stupid Hall of Fame thing lasts for the next twenty years, 
pretty much everyone's going to get it. Yeah. Most I mean, if you look at, I mean, it's just a matter they'll just drag it on and drag it on. So most of these bands, after they're dead and gone, I mean, you know, will UFO ever get in? No. Will all no. these bands? Who is you know, UFO? UFO won't get in. Dude, Michael Schenker, one of the most influential who, guitar players who in the world. Who the hell is Heavy UFO? rock music. I demand an the, answer. The, the, the <laughs> UFO will just because they but are like, not as known. But I mean, I mean like. talk about well, 10 years from you now. You put in UFO, years. you got to put in Spooky Tooth. <laughs> <laughs> they might get in too. I mean, I'm just saying, if it goes you put for in another Hawkwind, 20 years. Uh, yeah. You put in yeah. Hawkwind, sure. that's right. <laughs> what, uh, if they're inducted, what would be a good four song set for them to play at the induction ceremony It'll probably be the hit song yeah it would probably be you got nothing coming breaking the law living yeah. after midnight maybe hell bent for leather. maybe hell bent for leather seems good yeah. they, they do like for leather is the jam yeah they'll do and the all jam. the bands exactly. come out in leather they all strut around they all do a little bit of a strut it's very cool there's do the one typical heavy song and the three commercial yeah. radio hits and then right. there's 16 guitars actually everyone is playing guitar it doesn't matter if you know oh. how to play guitar it doesn't matter guitar. if you know how to play guitar or not everyone is playing everyone is playing guitar they are wearing leather a lot of cool leather daddy motorcycle hats all the guitars are connected via a leather strap big wow. time baby and ball gags yes. i think Kristen should be the coordinator for i this. have a lot of vision for how the jam could go <laughs> wow. i have a lot of vision for what could really amp up the ceremony for me personally you're the mm-hmm. jam master i Truly. would love to be put <laughs> oh, in charge of this so yeah, it'd be great. Some, yeah. It, I mean, this is good for you, Bob. Uh, if you want the Hall of Fame to crash and burn, you just get Kristen to coordinate <laughs> hey. the jam. Hey, man, I'm out here. I, I, people would be loving it so much. So meanwhile, Kristen thinks it's going to be. Of. She thinks it's going to be great. <laughs> but you're really producer, producing it, uh, knowing that it'll fail. But no maybe way, like the producers I'm up here. Exactly. Yeah, it is like the producers. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. I'd be great at it. But what's wild is so everyone's playing guitars. Oh they're dressed as leather daddies. <laughs> I can't believe we're not done with this. But they're singing I Will Always Love You. Oh, my God. <laughs> it oh. fucking rules. Good Lord. It doesn't get any more metal than that, I'll it's tell great. you. Oh, it's a metal cover of I Will Always Love Chris You. Chris Cornell. Into I'm Every Chris Woman. Chris Cornell has covered I And then into a Spooky you. Tooth song. Spooky Tooth. Spooky Tooth. All right. If Judas Priest got in, I know how you feel about the hall, but if that would be... A, a, a writing of a wrong in your eyes if Judas Priest was inducted right. wouldn't you say would you go to the induction ceremony to see well, Judas Priest pay get... $10,000 well we go every year and we just get the, the tickets oh, uh, the 70 buck tickets or like the 50 buck tickets I like my favorite thing was when uh, Steve Miller got uh, oh and he, he he went off he popped oh, off he rightfully should go off I mean his own bandmates he want to charge 10 grand again that's why I'm saying to sit on the floor now we don't but sit on the floor I, we don't sit on yeah the floor. I wouldn't go I mean if I if they paid me to go I would go if they paid for my ticket my flight and a hotel I would consider you know what I like I think that uh it's very rare to have someone on the show who hates the hall, and I think it's great. It's important to have I different perspectives. I love it. I am so here for it because I'm now ingrained. I've been, you Stockholm know, syndrome. I've slowly, you know, the water started to boil around me just one degree at a time, and mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, that you're fully cooked. Yep. I'm a fully cooked frog. How did <laughs> this God. happen to me? Well, when they get inducted, Kristen and I will be at the ceremony. Unless and then we'll send you pictures. <laughs> there we'll you send go. you yeah, pictures. That's good there. enough. As long and, as I get yeah. the pictures. Give you a video you maybe here and there. Well, Bob, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Hey, it was a pleasure. This a lot was a lot of fun. fun. Thank yeah. you, guys. I, I appreciate really, it. Uh, and I want to give you the opportunity to plug your own shit, whether it's social media or, you know, you have movies that you've directed podcast. and where people can find them and your podcast. Well, the Inside Metal, the new... Movie is going to be titled Bay Area Godfathers, and it's going to be the fourth Inside Metal title, and it will be out in early 2020. It's on the uh, San Francisco Bay Area hard rock and metal scene of the 80s. Got a lot of great interviews. It will also be a two-part movie like all the other uh, previous three titles, and it will be available on most of the digital outlets, Amazon and, uh, you know, Apple Music, uh, uh, Google Play, all the... uh, uh, and probably end up on Pluto and a few of the other uh, formats, but uh, definitely look for that. And uh, the uh, podcast we do is called the Shockwave Skull Sessions. And uh, you could go on that to shockwaveskullsessions.com. And it's also available on, uh, you know, Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Music, all the uh, 
uh, podcast directories, I believe iHeart and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So uh, yeah, definitely check it out. So great, it's a fun podcast. Not as cool as Joe's podcast here, but hey, I we're mean, trying. It's up to you. Take a listen it's to a it. Skull Crusher. Report back to us. Skull sessions. Skull sessions. <laughs> uh, well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Rock Hall Pod. You can email us rockhallpod at gmail uh, If you want Kristen to see that message, you're going to have to say that somewhere in the message. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Rate and review us five stars only. If you're leaving a review. Because because of this episode obviously spooky, say spooky tooth, tooth. it's oh. gotta be spooky tooth, say spooky tooth also, somewhere if in your review you want to describe what you think spooky tooth looks like we i would, would be that. very curious to know uh we've been we've been doing this if you're leaving a review because uh for a while and literally no one ever <laughs> does it never no one has ever done it what's we've nice noticed have you ever no- I don't I've read noticed i don't know one one person said dell the funky homo sapiens nice. me, but that's the only one i've seen uh we've gotten a lot of very nice uh you know sincere reviews but hey that's cool we throw spooky tooth in there I think we would we would like to see it uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo you see Kim for the music thank you to Joy Divine for the equipment and thank you to Chad Priggs Dave Schilling for letting us record in the house that I share with them and thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us thank you again Bob I'm Joe Quazala I'm Kristen Suburbs <laughs> and who cares about the rock hall It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.